I just want to take this opportunity to thank God for this opportunity. I don't take it for granted that God has given me an opportunity to stand before you and share the word of God. And also to the leadership of the church, I really appreciate this time to share the word of God. And I just want to welcome again our visitors in our midst. Are you there? If you are there, we just welcome you. We love you so much. I think they will welcome you again <laughs> when we do the announcement. Amen. Mama, we welcome you very much for coming. Amen. God bless you. Um, I want us to go straight to the word of God. Can we open in the book of Colossians chapter 4, verse 17? Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. Thank you. I think this is NIV, ne? Okay. It says, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. I just want to read in this one also. It says, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. My version, it says, take heed. When I read in different versions, other versions will say, be sure that you take it to complete the ministry that you have received in the Lord and make sure that you fulfill it. Other version, it will say, pay attention, pay direct attention to the work that you have received, to the task and to the duties that you have received. I've got another version that we are not normally using it. it say, it's J.B. Phillips. It says, God ordain you to your work. See that you don't fail him. See to it that you don't fail him. So, where we have read, I will entirely my message from this uh, script where we have read, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. So where we have read, it was Paul who wrote the letter. He was writing the letter to the church in Colossus. But there is something interesting in this letter. At the end of his letter, he sent this powerful message, significant message, very important message, especially to Archippus. Paul was felt compelled to send this message it looks like a message of warning. And he said, take heed. You know, when, when someone says so, oh, be careful, be sure, be diligent, you must make sure that you do it. It's very much important. And I want to bring the same message to the church as long as you're a believer. Archippus was a believer in a church of Colossae. And Paul felt compelled to send this message. And I'm bringing this message to the church, to you as a believer today, that take heed of the ministry, of the task and duties that you have received in the Lord and make sure that you complete it. You make sure that you fulfill it. And as you're sitting there, 
you might be saying in your heart, I don't have a ministry. Maybe you don't understand what is a ministry. But a ministry is an assignment that you have given by God. We all have an assignment to complete. Hallelujah. The reason why you exist is because of that assignment or ministry in you. But the problem is that we are existing for something else. But when God put you in this earth, you, you remember when God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. Why? Because he had a plan for him before he was born. So when before you were born, God has given you a ministry that you have to accomplish. So we are existing for reason. And when we read in that J.B. Phillips, it says make sure that you don't fail him. So if we don't accomplish what we're supposed to, we are foiling God and we are paralyzing the body of Christ. I don't know if you can visualize the church, ne? coming to church, when I, you come with the ministry that you have, you come with the ministry, you come with your ministry, and you start carrying it out in the church, how would it be? There will be no spectator. Because we will be fulfilling the task that we have been given. Are you a believer? So you have a ministry to fulfill. And when we speak about fulfilling, it's to take things into completion. So it means you might be doing it, but partially. We need the best version of you. The hidden ability in you. You, you know when people write books, ne? They will give us the best version every time. There is a best version because they want to improve. So when you are in a ministry, there is no way that you can be the same person who was last year. Because there is the Holy Spirit who is at work in you. So you will better yourself. Holy Spirit will better yourself. We will see the better version, the better ability in you. Hallelujah. I believe to this far we understand that each one of us has a what? A ministry. I want us to go quickly to the book of First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. Let, please do it in NLT. I want to read it in NLT. You can read with your own version, but I'm going to read it in NLT. Okay. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. Second Peter, first Peter. Lungile, can you do it at the back, please? I don't have NLT here with me. Okay, it's fine. I'm going to read it. I don't know what's happening at the back. As each one has received a gift. Is it only the Dickens? It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As a good steward of manifold grace of God, so, here it's saying that each one of us has received as long as you are a believer. And if you have received it, you have to minister to one another. So, I want you to know that the gift or the talent or the task that God has given you, is not for you. 
You have to bring it here. You have to minister to us. Hey? Some, when you sing, you're not singing for you. You are singing for us. When you do the service of ushering, you are not ushering yourself. You are ushering other people. When you are in a service of food, like cooking, and what, you are doing it for other people. So the Bible is telling us that whatever you have received, the gift that you have received, you have to minister to one another. And I believe today as we receive this message, God can grant us grace that we be the doers of the word. It continues in verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. So the Bible here is telling us that the gift that you have you've got the ability it's not beyond the ability. So what, what, whatever God has given you he has given you the ability to do it. You cannot say I'm unable to do it. You cannot say I'm not capable to do it. Because God gave each one of us according to their ability. So do you have an excuse of not ministering? Paul said to Archippus, take heed of the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I'm still bringing this message to us. Make sure that you take it to completion. We do it. And, and when the Bible tells us that we have to take it to completion or to fulfill it, it means it's doable. God will never ask something that we cannot do it. Something that we cannot carry. So when we speak of the ministry, it's not only the preachers, because you can think that it's only for the deacons and the leaders. Each believer has been given that opportunity, has been given the task to fulfill. Hallelujah. And when I, when I read this verse, it reminds me, I think it's book of Acts chapter 6 verse 2. When the apostles came together, they said, no, 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 we can't do things like this. They made a meeting and they said, we cannot be preaching and praying. And also we are in a ministry of food. No. We have to elect people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, that are filled with wisdom and faith to do the work of what? Of food. Do, do you see every ministry is important? They are not just picking anyone. They said the people that will do the work of food there to make sure that the, the, the widows are not overlooked. It's people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. So the ministry that God has given you, it's very much important. It's like the, the Bible shows us like the body. You know, the, the, the church is a body of Christ. We are like the body. You see the, the eyebrow. You think it's, it's nothing. That's why you are shaving it. But it's very much important. When you run and you sweat... This eyebrow is directing the sweat to the other side, not straight to the eyes. 
You see how important it is? But when you look at it, you just take it to wax. So every part, you are the part of the body. Whatever God has given you is very much important. Use it for his glory. The Bible says, do it, minister it as to the glory of God. It's, not for, it's for his glory. Because we'll make the body of Christ to be complete. If you come here, you speak in tongues. It's no use for you to speak in tongues if there is no one who can interpret the tongues. But we have to, to come to it. Carry it out. Oh, I wish we are listening. I'm part of it. Hallelujah. There is something that I want us to note very well to make sure that you are fulfilling this ministry. Number one is that we have one life to live. We are living as if we are in rehearsal of life. We're going to live again. Do you understand rehearsal? Yeah. These people that are singing here, I believe they were here yesterday to practice. They were rehearsing. And when you rehearse, you don't, you, you, you don't sing at the out, out of your voice. You sing because you know tomorrow you're going to sing. That's how we are living. We think that there is another life. And there is no, there is no other life. We only have one life to live. Um, I, I have played... Candy Crush game. I don't remember. But one thing I remember is that there are lives. When you play, like, I don't remember. Okay. Like, when you don't have lives, you can ask from other people. You know, there is this game where playing, I think maybe even adults, they are playing it. Shooting one another. Pa, pa, pa. Shooting one another. And you hear this one, I have killed you. And then this one says, I still have five lives. It's a game, it's not reality. When you die, you are gone. When you die, you are gone. And you have a task. The question is, have you fulfilled the task? I want us to read the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 10. I think maybe it will wake us our mind. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Yo, this man has all of us who are going to die. We are going to the grave. But one thing that we have to know is that if we have a task to do, we have to do it now. Because in a grave there is no planning. In a grave, there is no knowledge. If you don't acquire knowledge now, here, while you're still alive, in a grave, there is no acquiring of knowledge. You can acquire knowledge until the age of 100 or whatever. But in a grave, there is no way. Even if you can die at the age of 15 years, there is no knowledge to acquire that sight. The Ecclesiastes is saying, whatever I do, do it mightily. Like you do it as if tomorrow is not there. You know, I like Jesus. He said in the book of, 
of John chapter 9 verse 4. And he said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Because the night is coming where I cannot work. When you think you're still going to work. But Jesus being the Lord, Jesus, the owner of times, he said, let me do the work of the one who sent me while it's still day. This is our day. As we're still living, it's our day. Are we doing anything about what God has given us? Or you are postponing thinking that you will do tomorrow. Why Jesus didn't do that? Because he knows the significance of time. You know, Moses said in the book of Psalm 90 verse 12, teach me to number my days. Because you will gain wisdom. You will know that time is not like big as you think. You can die. If we have buried somebody who's one year old, buried somebody who's 15 years old, why should you think we cannot bury you? And if you have that mind that we can bury you next week, why are you not doing God's will? And let me tell you, this ministry that I'm talking about is not limited to church. It's not limited to church. The Bible says in the book of Acts, God determined the places we should live. Why is he determining the place we should live? Because wherever God puts you, he puts you for a reason. Where you are working, he puts you for a reason. And we are missing up with these opportunities that God is giving us. For you to be in this church, God has to be in this church. When are you will think of an incident? No. You know, you know, that's what I'm saying. Let's not live as we are rehearsing. There's no other life. God has put us here on this earth for this reason that you are here, you are existing. Do what God has called you to do. Only one life. Number two, God expects us to take charge in making sure that this gift and abilities come to manifestation. So, what I'm saying is, you are responsible for your gift. God has given you a, a gift, but it's not God who has to carry it out. It's your responsibility to carry it out. That's why Paul said, take heed. When we read in the book of, of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul is saying, I'm reminding you, Timothy, stay up the gift that you have received by the laying of hand. Stay up. So when you put sugar, it can be five teaspoons of sugar in your cup. You want to drink tea. If you don't stir the sugar, you will drink tea and you won't feel or taste the sugar. It doesn't mean that if you are not carrying out, you don't have a gift. But the gift is dormant in you. Are you allowing that to happen to you, that you have the gift of God and you leave it dormant in you? Paul is saying, when Archippus, when Timothy, stay up the gift that is in you. It's your responsibility to take it out. 
and somebody is sitting, how can I do that? Hey, practice. Start using it. Participate when we have prayers. Come to prayer. Pray. Read the word. You will develop the passion, the desire to do something. You know, let, let me tell you something. One day I was greeting another lady outside and very down. And I'm like, how are you doing? She said, I'm fine. But, you know, today it was my last day to come to church. Why? And she said, no, we've got some situation at home. But I was told that because I'm coming to church every day, but the situation is so I'd rather stay home. So I asked to come to church for the last time. She said when she entered that door, Mr. May shake her hand and hug her and say, we love you, you are welcome. And she said, immediately, I felt so much loved. I felt so much peace. And I'm like, I'm coming back. You think I'm sharing it's a, it's a me, it's a minor ministry. Look at this ministry, how it has done to this woman. She was coming for the last time, but because of great, imagine greeting. Because there is an ability in you through the Holy Spirit that is at work in you. Whatever there is a Holy Spirit that is making that work to be at work in you. Really? To shake your hand and now you've got peace. You feel loved. Ah. So there, there is a responsibility of men and then there is a divine activity. So when you, what you do is to hug the person and the Holy Spirit will do his work. Amen. Number three, one thing that we are forgetting is that we will account. We are going to account everything that we are doing. The Bible says, it's whether good or bad, but we will stand before the seat, before the judgment seat, and account. This is very painful. This is very painful. This one, if somebody, if they can't find it in Amplified Version, please, I want us to read Corinthians. This one, I want it in Amplified. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. I want us to read it in Amplified as Amplified it very nicely so that you can understand. Oh, thank you. Okay. For we must all, I thought maybe it's only the leaders, for we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay, according to what he has done in the body. According to what he has done in this local church where God has put you, in the body. Whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motive have been. Sure. And what he has achieved, been busy with. Imagine. So, you will be judged according to our motives, what we were busy with, what we have achieved, 
and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Go down. Something that I want. Therefore, because of fearing, mm -mm. Are, are they different, the amplified version? Yeah, I think I've got, I, I want the other one, it's not this one. But I will continue. But those who have amplified, they will see it. I will, I will explain. So, one thing that I was saying is that we will account. It does not matter whether you were doing bad or good. Even the good thing, you are going to be paid for it. That's why when we do it, we do it for the glory of God because the reward will come from God. And in that amplifier that I've read, it says, you will be judged even the motives. So when you sing, if you think that maybe the pastor will approve your singing, the motive is very bad. If you come to church because the elders of, of church will see you and put you in, the motive is bad. You will be judged for that. And on that one, it says, we will also be judged on the use and the misuse of time. Whew. This one, thank you. you wanna, I, thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Mlade. Let me read it, because you'll think I'm coming with my own version. It says, for we, I like this, believers. For we believers will be called to account, must all appear before the judgment seat of God, of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his action, for purposes, for goals, for motives, the use or misuse of his time opportunities and abilities. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we will also be judged for the misuse of time and the use of time. Okay. Just look at you when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> the first thing to reach is thank you. When are you are honest? <laughs> is the phone. And normally when you take your phone you don't first go to the Bible. Thank you. You go to the WhatsApp. Those who don't, don't sleep, they are sending the message even 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock. You're reading those messages. And after those messages, you go to, there is this thing, status. And then somebody sitting on people's status. You check all the status. And after that, you go to Twitter. You go to Instagram. And now you go to Facebook. Now there is this thing about TikTok about Zalwan. Okay, all this account, if you are not misusing it and you're doing it for good purpose, it's okay. You know, when it came, eh, TikTok, <laughs> I didn't know. And then I'm like, oh, I saw this lady singing. Like, I'm like, yo, this is nice. Music. I thought it's only gospel. Ne? And I downloaded TikTok. I find myself sitting laughing. My, I'm like, I am no, this thing, no. You're laughing at yourself. You're laughing alone. But this thing, it doesn't end. It goes like on and on and on. I'm like, I, I won't come to an end most with this thing. And I deleted it. 
We are going to be judged for the misuse of time. Because after you are dealt with your phone, you start with all the soapies. When it's Kim Sam, you know, it's Kim Sam, after Kim Sam, I don't know what's happening. Hey, Gomorrah, hey, whatever. The misuse, the time that you were supposed to accumulate the knowledge of knowing Christ intimately, you are not doing that. The time where you will have to take one hour at least to, to spend with your father, you don't do that. I remember one of my sisters, she will tell me that, you know, every time I need prayers because I can take time on Facebook. But when it comes to prayer, I find my phone down. But when you are on Facebook, you cannot find your phone down. Why can't you defeat that yourself and say no to this? I've got, have a plan. I get you've got a program for all these things. Have a plan. When am I going to pray? To pray? When am I going to read the word of God? Don't put the word of God last and prayer last every time. Because when you read the word of God, when you have to pray, you are tired. We are going to account for that. It says we will also account for the opportunities. I told you that God has given us opportunities. And whenever you think you never have an opportunity, you know God gave us even the opportunity to give. There is one man who came to me and said, yo, I was with this guy. I'm not going to say what he said exactly, but it's, it's very terrible. This guy was doing something very bad, very bad, very bad. And he's hiding here in Johannesburg. And then I said, after I told you all these things, this criminal that you have done, what did you do? Did you share the word of God? He said, no. What an opportunity to share the word of God to somebody who has killed people, to somebody who has raped, just to share the word of God. You know how many opportunities have we get God has given us to share the word? Or even if it's not sharing the word, to give to someone who does not have food. Whenever you want to come to church and say, church, there is somebody there, but you have food. God is going to judge us with the opportunities that we get every day. And he said, also with the abilities. The ability that God has given you to do one, two, three. And you are not doing it. We will account. Amen, Mazalwan. Are you getting it? I wish we can have a list of all the ministries that we have in a church. And everyone go and pick the ministry that you want to serve on. If you want to be the ushering, because you look at the church, ushering, they are struggling because there are very few. We've got KFC, they are struggling there because there are very few. There, there are a lot of things that we've got, Lord, you know the counseling, you know there are people that are called for counseling. It's not everyone who can counsel. But you're sitting there with that gift. You know, when you smile, people, they just, oh. You know, I love your smile. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I don't care about my problem anymore because of your smile. You know, I, I remember there was a lady and then she went to this lady. She said, yo, my husband is beating me. And the lady said, what did you do? Is it counseling? What did you do? You know, you will go home broken, worse than before. Because it's like when you have done something, your husband has to beat you. 
It's because you are not given. You don't have ability. But it's worse because even you, if it's not only ability, you don't even have wisdom. Yeah, it, it needs wisdom. You can't tell someone, what did you do? And when we read in the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Whatever we have give, been given, it doesn't matter whether it's more or it's less. God is expecting us to do it. Let me read it. Um, it's Luke chapter 12. Let me read verse 48. I want 48b, but I will read the whole 48. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, can you hear? Everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask more. So I don't know how many tasks. Jesus said, I want to do the works. So it means it was not one. So you might have been given many tasks to do because of the ability. And all this will be required from you. And I don't think Jesus will say, well done, even if this one you didn't do. There's no well done, you didn't do all. You have to do all of them. So if much is given to you, much will be required. Hallelujah. Can you raise your hand? I don't want you to sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, there is something that I want us to be careful not to fall into it. Things that makes people to sit down and do nothing. I want you to watch over it and be careful that you must not do it. You must not fall into this trap. Hallelujah. I want us to read Matthew chapter 25. You know this story. Matthew 25 from verse 24 to 26. I'm running out of time. Did you get it? Okay. Oh, yes, it's there. Matthew 25, I will start from verse 24. It says, Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. And gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And listen what Jesus said. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. And gather where I have not scattered seed. We know this story. I will explain to those who does not know the story. It says there was a master who was taking a journey going far away. But before he left, he gave the talents to, to, to his servant. The other one he gave five. The other one he gave three. The other one he gave one. 
And then he came back. And then all of them, they have to account. The first one that had five, he brought it back and he said, look, I have the interest. I've got another five. And it was how many? Ten. And then look what Jesus said. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then the second one came with that four. He had two, he got two. And Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. So if you look at these two, the message is not different. It's still the same. doesn't matter whether it's five, whether it's two talents or it's four. Why? Because when God gave them, he gave them according to their ability. So look at this one. This is the one that I want to look at. The one who got one talent. The Bible tells us that he went and dug the soil and put it under and hid it. And when he was asked, verse 25, it says, I was afraid. So fear can cripple you. I was afraid. And I think he's thinking, because I only have one. So what if it doesn't go well? So, and the problem is that we have to realize that fear does not come from God. The Bible says we have been given the spirit of what? Of love, of power, of sound mind. If you have the spirit of fear, that spirit, it's coming from the devil. And fear can bring a lot of things. You might be fearing to be criticized. But we are always, criticism is part of life. You do good things, they will criticize you. You do bad things, they will criticize you. But you must know that fear must not stop you to stir up the gift that is in you. One of the other things, it might be you, you don't want to move from the comfort zone. You know, when you think of singing, I'm like, uh-uh. I have to come to church on Saturday to practice. I have to come to church early in the morning. And you feel like, man, I'm used to go to church like quarter to ten or half past nine. Now you have to move from your comfort zone. You don't want to do that. This man said, I have done that because I was afraid. And you must make sure that you don't do that. Because of time, let me just pick a few things. And the other one, it's, it's a fault-finding attitudes. This man, he finds a fault to the master. Where now I know you. You like reaping where you didn't sow. Gathering where you, didn't, you don't have seed. He's finding something wrong about the master. And worst part, we are finding fault against one another. And let me tell you, people that are always finding fault are spectators. I want you to view a soccer match. Ne? May I see it in my house? A soccer match. When we are watching soccer and somebody is given an opportunity to shoot a, 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 a penalty. <laughs> so, if this person can miss a penalty, ne? <laughs> you see them. But how can you miss this ball? How can you miss this ball? So it seems as if they are skillful. They are better than that person who practice. There are better people that we know very well that they are good in penalties. But they do miss. Isn't it? They do miss. But if you are a spectator, you will find fault to others. 
they should not have done like this. But look at the people that are in a team. When you miss the penalty, I can issue the penalty from there. But when they are standing this side, they will come, meet you halfway, and hug you. I don't know what they are saying, but in my heart I'm saying, you are not alone, we are together. You, we, you are not alone, we are together. So if you can be like this, and work like a team, and we don't have spectators, there will be no loopholes. Because if somebody sees the loophole, somebody will have to fix that loophole. Because we are the team. We are not finding the fault. Stop to be a spectator. Because if you are a spectator, you will find fault. You will find fault. Hallelujah. And the other one, left with three minutes. <laughs> the other one, Jesus said, you wicked. So, wickedness. This is a tough one. It's wickedness that makes you to keep that talent that is in you. He said, I have hidden it. And Jesus said, you wicked. So, if you don't use the gift that God has given you, you know, it's like when you have a fire extinguisher. And then you see someone's car is burning, but you've got the fire extinguished. And you look at the car. The reason why you are not extinguishing the car is because you are wicked. If you see a child drowning in a swimming pool, and when I don't have to swim, you have to just go in and carry the child and look at the child. If you don't take out the child and the child died, you are wicked. So why don't you see it the same when you don't use the gift that has, God has given? You keep it in you because you are wicked. Wickedness. And the Bible says, wicked people will go to hell. Do you want to go to hell because of the, you're keeping that, that gift that God has given you? And then, let me just give this one, the last one. It's laziness. He said, you wicked and lazy, as lazy person. You know, you are lazy to, to pray. You are lazy to read the word of God. You are lazy to do anything. You, you don't want to come to the meetings. When we say we have prayers, you are lazy. You are sitting in a couch every time on your bed. You are lazy. So, this is the reason why the gift that we have is dormant. Wickedness, fear, hey, all those things. But may God grant us grace to realize that time is not on our side anymore. Never neglect what God has given you. Paul said to, to, to Timothy, never despise the gift that you have received. Never neglect. Can we stand up on our feet as we read Philippians chapter 2 verse 13? Philippians chapter, as I'm closing. Chapter 2 verse 13. It says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. 
I want to bring this to you that, you know, the gift that you have, you won't strive when you start doing it. God has given you strength. God has given you the energy to do it. God is at work. Whenever you have to do your responsibility, and God will do his responsibility. Hallelujah. If we have anybody in our midst, you have never received Christ as your personal savior, and you know that you are a sinner, and you need a savior, can you raise up your hand and we'll lead you with prayer to receive Christ? Do you have anyone who have not received Christ and you need Christ in your life? We don't want to leave you behind. Thank God. Amen. So go and practice. Go and pray. And go and pray that God may reveal the gift that is in you. God bless you all.